What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Opening Tea Podcast for the RSM Classic. And boy, what a week it's been. Not going to lie to you. It was a sprint last week, as it always is, for Masters Week. And hey, listen, there is no better week for a golf content provider, a PGA DFS gamer, and a golf fanatic. You mix them all together, and you get an absolute perfect storm, especially with the viewing options that the Masters tournament obviously gives us it's just a unique experience altogether and sometimes there can be a little bit of a spillover effect a little bit of hangover effect not just for us the gamers or us the content providers but for the golfers as well but instead of heading down or i should say i guess over to hilton head for the rbc heritage which is normally what we do after augusta national we're gonna head over to sea island georgia which is what, just, you know, a stone's throw away from Hilton Head for all intents and purposes? Maybe about an hour and a half drive, something like that. Maybe two hours at the most. Still, similar type courses in the sense that they're both on the seaside. Now, after that, there's pretty much no similarities. We'll get to that, though. Before we do, though, this is, as you guys know, the Opening Tea Podcast. This is the first of three short-form podcasts that I do each and every week, but we're going to be definitely be taking a little bit more of a video focus to these. Uh, of course, you're going to be able to get the podcast format as well, but we're going to be doing a little bit of a content mix-up. Of course, we're going to stick with the Opening Tea podcast. It serves a uh, great purpose and a bridge into uh, from the previous week into this week, but we're going to be switching up our content a little bit to tailor it more towards helping you pick some of the best plays in the littlest amount of time of course too so stay tuned for a little bit of a content switch coming up this week and hopefully you guys all enjoy it of course whenever we make a content switch it of course is just to try and help out you guys uh as best as we possibly can so let's start off the opening tea podcast as we do each and every week with the foursome facts from the previous week and okay here it is so since brooks kepka has said that Dustin Johnson is not even really that good of a friend if a friend at all, and that he's only one major, one one major. DJ's gone on to win $20 million and another major, his second. So uh, talk about motivation. Dustin Johnson, uh, fantastic all the way around, of course. It wasn't just his putter. It was his tee to green game. Everything was informed. You can't win a Masters without everything being informed. And, of course, we don't have what I'll say as a uh, – official strokes gained data but certainly there are people in the industry that have uh, been able to uh, get their shot by shot data and i'm going to save that bullet point that i just said the shot by shot data i'm going to explain that here in the stats coming up after my foursome of facts going to go do maybe a little 60 to 120 second on exactly how each of the strokes gained information comes about so okay uh, i talked about dj Really incredible uh, that he's been able to get it done, and he actually got choked up. I mean, we've never seen DJ give us any bit of emotion except for kind of the laughy, giggly, kind of always seems like he might be a little stoned vibe going on. Um, but he showed a little bit of the other side and, and certainly got choked up winning the Masters here, and he deserved every bit of it. And certainly, uh, as somebody said, one of the most un- unlikable golfers or uh, personas out there at this point as he's basically turned himself from a guy that gives nothing to a guy that everybody loves, me included. Uh, I, I really thought all week that DJ deserved it. 
went out, didn't do any talking, uh, you know, doesn't take the Brooks angle. He doesn't try and downplay other people. Just goes out and does what he does, and it was uh, fantastic to see. Second was the first-timers. They took advantage of a soft Augusta. Now, we saw Augusta kind of rear its ugly head, just a, not ugly, beautiful. I, I need to rephrase, beautiful head uh, on Sunday, and it, it got a little bit more difficult, and you saw some big numbers go up, obviously. Um, but Sung JM was able to weather it. Other first-timers, though, that had a great week and were part of winning Millionaire Maker lineups. Those include Abraham Answer, Sebastian Munoz, Cameron Champ, and C.T. Pan. So that was kind of my one big mistake is I, I actually had for the Millionaire Maker specifically, I had four of the six needed to win the lineup. Uh, but I, instead of going to Sebastian Munoz, not even Sebastian Munoz really, just Abraham Answer and Sung J.M., What's oh, up, Matthew Fitzpatrick and Francesco Molinari? You know, just two tough mistakes there, um, but that's how it's going to go. A third bullet point I want to talk about is Rory McIlroy's first round blunders at majors continue a 75-3 over. Put himself in a major hole. Ended up finishing nine strokes back of DJ. And he lost to DJ on Thursday by 10. Shot three over DJ, shot seven under. There it is right there. First round, sure, you maybe can't win a golf tournament there, but you certainly can lose it, and Roy McIlroy did so. Never had a chance to catch DJ after that first round, but still, a, a top five is great in Roy, but not the grand career grand slam that he was looking for. Okay, lastly, I want to talk about resolve. I want to talk about Tiger Woods. Yes, he made a 10 on the th- uh, 12th hole. It was... Not really that brutal to watch because he wasn't in contention. It just goes to show you how difficult that hole can be with that hole location. You know, I sit here each and every year and think to myself, why don't they just put it 50 yards, you know, 50, sorry, not 50 yards, excuse me, 50 feet left, throw it to the left side of the green, you know, where day three, where Saturday's pin is, and just try and two or three putt and walk away with a bogey. Well, you know, these guys are the best in the world. They don't want to do that. They don't want to give in to the golf course, especially when they need birdies to try and catch Dustin Johnson. Um, But each and every year we see somebody's, a lot of people's dreams uh, go down the wayside. Now, granted, uh, Tiger Woods was not in the golf tournament, but his 10 uh, was astounding. His first ever 10 in a competition. He bounced back, though. So that's 12. So he has six holes left. He bounced back with five birdies to finish his round. Obviously, was a little ticked off at himself for making that 10. But you know what? He took it in stride. He talked about it afterwards and still gave a great interview. The sign of a true champion, the greatest player of all time. Tiger Woods, so really cool to see him do that. Okay, so as I mentioned, we don't have any strokes gained information, uh, but uh, so what I'm going to do for about 60 seconds is talk to you a little bit about strokes gained and how it comes about. And of course, if you want access to all of the strokes gained information that is actually provided and actually official, uh, join Osmo Plus. I give that uh, is part of my model each and every week. It's just $8.95 for the week if you're not already an Osmo Plus member. And, of course, you can try us out all of the sports we have. And we've got a ton going on right now. We've got golf. We've got NFL. We've got League of Legends. We've got other esports. We've got soccer. We've got tennis. I mean, we have got it all going on here. So join us for the week. Platinum Pass, just $29.99. For the week, you're going to get access to all 
of our premium content, player projections, and so much more. So go ahead and join us on the Osmo Plus side. Okay, so now here we go. We're going to talk about the statistical review from last week. We're going to talk about how strokes gained actually develops. So first and foremost, a quick review, strokes gained. There are four different categories that make it up. Strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained on the approach, strokes gained around the green, and strokes gained on the green. Okay, now how each of these are won or they're not they're earned, I should say, or gained, maybe that's the best word to say here is gained, is let's first start off with strokes gained off the tee. What happens is is each golfer in the field on that day hits a tee shot. Let's take, say, the first hole, for example. Each golfer hits a tee shot on the first hole. What now happens is all of that data, the shot-by-shot data, goes into the database, and it's calculated there from the tee shots how close it is to the fairway. So this is the each individual statistic has its own rating to gain stroke. So this one is, is it in the fairway or not? How close to the fairway is it or not? How far is it? How... How far, and when I say how far is it, I mean how far is it away from the hole. So if somebody who drives at 330 yards in the middle of the fairway versus somebody who drives at 270 yards, they both may gain strokes on that one shot. And when I say strokes, I mean percentage of strokes. But the golfer that's driving at 340 yards is certainly going to gain more strokes. How they determine when you start to gain strokes on distance is pretty simple. They take the average of everybody's tee shot on that hole and the people that have more than the average start to gain strokes for their distance however accuracy then comes into it they take the average distance from say the center of the fairway that's normally a good statistics that people use and again that's uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be a it's likely just proximity to the fairway which if you're on it obviously your proximity is going to be very small to the fairway Uh, That's how off the tee is done. Next, now on the approach. On the approach is done by proximity to the hole. Also, proximity to the hole from a specific yardage. So, for example, if you're 220 yards away and you hit it to 4 feet versus if you're 150 yards away and you hit it to 4 feet, you're going to gain more strokes from the 230-yard distance. The reason is, is because most of the golfers that were, say, 230 yards away from the hole don't have a proximity as close as that one that I said was four feet away from the hole. So again, it's a relative to where you're heading from in versus the rest of the field. Okay, so again, to recap the strokes gained on the approach, you're going to gain it by proximity on the hole, but also from your distance to the hole when you're hitting a shot. Okay, next, strokes gained around the green, pretty simple. It's your proximity to the hole from your scramble shots. No other way to describe it there. Again, it's all in like, so it's all like terms. You're going to get compared to other golfers that were in specific spots. Okay, lastly, strokes gained putting. This is pretty easy. It's all on made putt. So you start to gain strokes putting somewhere around 10 feet. Now, if you go read Mark Brody's Every Shot Count books, which I have a couple of times, I've, you know, I've read through it once and you go back and you try and read through a certain other things to, to understand exactly how he's trying to portray the information the godfather of strokes gained if i if you don't know who i'm talking about i'm sorry good the a professor at columbia that created this metric years and years ago 
So the strokes gained on the putting is, again, somewhere around 10 feet. Uh, no, somewhere around 5 feet. I'm sorry. Somewhere around 5 feet you start to gain specific strokes putting. And then, of course, the longer putts you hold, the more straight strokes gained you're going to get. And, of course, the more putts that you miss, especially in short distance, uh, the more, again, um, strokes that you're going to lose in that sense. So there's my, I'll call it two minutes, of how you gain strokes in each category and how it comes up so that's why when you have this shot by shot data which means burn hard longer in round three off the tee on hole 14 hit it 240 yards to the right center of the fairway which left him 200 yards to the middle of the green that shot information is out there and once you have that you then can create your own strokes gain data if the official tournament doesn't do it um, or even if they do, you can create your own data and get it either before the tour does or come up with your own or, or somewhat variation of it. Obviously, they're going to be close because you're working with the same data set. But anyways, just wanted to bring that up. That's why it's available out there. <clears throat> okay, now let's go over the statistics that we do have to see what worked at Augusta this year. Greens and regulation. Guess who was number one on the week? It's a pretty easy guess. Dustin Johnson. Pretty easy. We don't even have to guess that much. Number two is eight answer. Number three, Kevin Nah. I would think when Kevin Na is number three in greens and regulation, he's going to be up there. He was, but he actually struggled with his putter for the most part. Number four, Louis Oosthuizen. Number five, Mark Leishman. He popped up in form. Shane Lowry, number six. Justin Thomas, number seven. Cam Champ, number eight. Christian Poseidon-Hoot, number nine. C.T. Pan, number ten. Also tying C.T. Pan at number ten. Pat Cantley, Corey Connors, Scotty Scheffler, Dylan Fratelli, and Xander Schauffele. So the only golfer there that finished out of the top 25 the only one of those names is Christian Bezidenhut. So obviously hitting the greens at Augusta in regulation, very important. Okay, we go over to driving accuracy. No surprise to see Bernhard Langer in there. Guy just doesn't miss fairways. I think he had like 87%, I think the number was. Ian Poulter, number two. Corey Connors, number three. Webb Simpson, number four. Mike Weir, number five. Ches Reevy, number six. Jazz Janawatanan, number seven. Victor Perez, eight. Sanjay M, number nine. He had been superb off the tee coming in, so maybe not that much of a surprise. Christian Bezidenhut, number 10. Shigu Emerhara and Scotty Scheffler also tying Bezidenhut uh, in that 10th spot. Okay, putts per green in regulation. Now, again, this is going to be a little bit of a mixture of what we would consider strokes gain putting and uh, strokes gain on the approach because obviously if you're hitting it close, you're probably not taking that many putts to hit it in. Uh, but Sungjae Im, Cam Smith, no surprise to see those two up there. Patrick Reed, Roy McIlroy also putted well. This week, Bernhard Longer, John Rahm, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Thomas, and Bern Fiesberger. Okay, that's going to wrap up my statistical review from the Masters uh, and wrap up my review from the Masters altogether. It was a fantastic week. Really, really enjoyed it. In terms of my own personal DFS results, uh, I slipped away with a min cash in the Mega Millionaire Maker. Also took advantage of some overlay in the single round FanDuel uh, contest that they're offering in round uh, round two there, I actually didn't look at the whole format. It, funny enough, we'll talk about this for 20 seconds. Uh, I didn't look at the whole format and see that you only needed five golfers, and I didn't realize that the optimizer wasn't set up for it, so I entered the same lineup 100 different times, and lucky enough for me, it was a good enough lineup to cash, so I ended up doubling my money there uh, and min-cashed the Mega Millionaire 4500 so it was a profitable week for me, somewhere in the $2,000 range. So add that on top of it. It was a great Masters week. 
But now we turn our attention to the RSM Classic, where we've already got three contests posted on DraftKings, which is great and something to look forward to. A little bit of a different price points. They're just uh, mixing things up to keep it fresh and exciting. The $8 called the Iron, or 8-Iron? Maybe it's called the 8-Iron. Anyways, $8 buy-in, $100,000. The first $300,000 guaranteed. $44 buy-in, Club Twirl, that's also $100K. As well as the $555 signature haul. Going to throw that in there as well at 100 k to first place. So pretty good contest here for the RSM Classic, which is played at Sea Island, uh, the Sea Island Resort. Played at two different golf courses, the Plantation Course and the Seaside Course. The players will rotate through the first two in the first two rounds. Rotate through the two in the first two rounds, I should say. Sorry, a little idiot in there. I apologize. Now, there are 156 golfers in the field here this week, but with the, the reason why they're using their two courses is to accommodate the field size and the, of course, lack of sunlight. So we'll get whatever 156 is divided by two. I believe that's 78 on most days. Uh, we'll get 78 on each course each day. And then after the cut, they'll play just the seaside course, whoever is left the top 65 and ties. Of course, regular PGA Tour event we're back to, so top 65 and ties will make the weekend where they'll play just the seaside course for the remaining two rounds. So what I'm about to give you is the seaside course statistics, a par 77,000 yards right on the money. Difficulty uh, last year, it came in 33rd of 49th, so somewhere under par, somewhere around a 69 average, maybe a little bit higher than that. The hole dispersion, so it's a par 70, so we're going to get four par 3s, only two par 5s with 12 par 4s. The par 5, however, on the backside, one of the easiest on the PGA Tour, yielding 22 eagles last year, accounting for almost 20% of the DraftKings points in just one hole. Pretty crazy. The four par 3s measure 204, 179, 220, and 190. The 12 par 4s going to get only one under 400 yards so very similar to augusta actually in that regard 417 415 429 409 368 452 418 425 408 442 407 470 so plenty under or between 400 and 425 yards which augusta doesn't have their only one is under uh, 400 and then the rest are, are much better so in that regard not not really a great comparison the two par fives 585 and 565 it's Bermuda all the way through here, uh, or Tiff Eagle, uh, some form of, of Bermuda. Uh, 7,200 square feet is the average green size. Plenty of water being a seaside course. 14 holes of uh, water hazards will come into play. 47 bunkers and rough length. We're going to get at most two inches here. It's the, you know, it is the fall swing after haul. I can't expect them to really grow out the, the rough. In terms of hitting fairways, if that's been your problem, then this place is, uh, then seaside course and the rsm classic is the place to come the tour hit an average of 74.4 percent of the fairways here at the seaside course last year ranking third on tour so not many drivers are needed either which probably is a big contributing factor to that only 284 yards was the average drive so that ranked 36th out of 45 so one of the smallest driving uh driving distance per tour approach to the green no surprise to see greens and regulation super incredibly high one of the highest on tour 75 percent of the greens were hit that's second easiest on the pga tour uh last season crazy but with so many fairways hit obviously it makes greens so much easier plus not a lot of rough here 
at uh, at Sea Island, um, not like Kiowa, who we're, which we're going to have a major championship in a couple of a uh, couple of barrier islands north here of Sea Island. Um, this place not going to have a lot of rough. So even if you're in the rough, you can still hit the green. Good. Now, if you do miss the green, twenty five percent of the time that you do, you're only going to get up and down fifty five percent of the time, which is rather hard. That ranked one of the top fifteen hardest on tour. Then once you're on the green, which obviously contributes to that scrambling number, it ranked fifth hardest on tour, 1.664 as the putting average there, which, like I said, fifth hardest on tour. So pretty crazy. Um, That's why you see some of the best putters doing well here, and uh, we'll get to some of that as former winners. Well, maybe Tyler Duncan doesn't fit that bill, but certainly Mackenzie Hughes fits that bill. Uh, We see players like Brian Gay, Webb Simpson uh, perform very well here, so... Let's see who is going to be here this week as we try and, of course, find the golfers that we believe are going to perform the best. And so we're going to go inside the field here. So, of course, the typical it is a typical PGA Tour event, so we've got things like the winner of the PGA Championship, the winner of the Players, the winner of the Masters, winner of the Open, winner of WGCs, winner of the regular tournament winners. Then, of course, we've got career money here this late in the season. KJ Choi, Luke Donald, Hunter Mahan, and Bo Van Pelt are going to use that exemption to get in here this week. Some sponsors exemptions. uh, Jonathan Bird, Bill Haas, Andy Sullivan, Lee Westwood, Bernd Wiesberger, and Davis Thompson, who we just saw there, uh, the University of Georgia product, ranked very, very highly. Uh, We just saw him at the U.S. Open there a couple of weeks ago. Then we got a past champion, of course, Mackenzie Hughes, top 125 from last season on the uh, FedEx Cup list. Then, of course, we've got the top 125 non-member, William Gordon, getting in here this week. Major Medical, we saw Charles Schwartzel make a heck of a weekend run to get himself inside the top 30. He's here. Kevin Chappell also here. He's got a runner-up here as well. Chris Kirk, Kevin Stadler, James Hahn, Sean O'Hare, Jamie Lovemark, Emilio Vijegas, John Ha, and D.A. Points. James Hahn, he'll be out of this category once the reshuffle happens, which I think is after next tournament, uh, the OHL Mayakoba. Uh, once that is done, uh, he'll be out of that as he, I believe, um, yeah, he definitely met the terms of his card here at this point with three straight top tens plus another made cut. So the last category that's getting in here this week is the top 125 from the uh, from the Corn Ferry Tour or, or the Corn Ferry Tour. You know, I think it's the 25 to 50 in that category from the 2018-2019 season. So golfers like you know Fabio Gomez and the like also getting in on sponsors exemption most recently. Today, Doug Gim getting in, uh, been playing uh, fairly well, so good to see him earn a sponsor's exemption here this week. J.J. Spawn also here as well. Um, so a couple of golfers that uh, certainly we've known their names. If you follow my content, uh, they are uh, getting a sponsor invite this week. No, Will Zalatoris, which I'm surprised at. Roger Sloan uh, is the other guy that's earning himself a uh, sponsor invite here this week. So that, uh, I think that's going to wrap up my show here. But before we get on out of here, let's give you my five salary guesses here this week based on the golfers playing. Webb Simpson, he's going to highlight the field here this week, and I suspect he'll be highly owned. I know Sung JM had a better finisher than than the Masters last week, but I got Webb coming in at 11.2. Sung Jay with that runner-up last week. He'll come in at 11. Ty Hatton missed cut, really struggling at Augusta, but prior to Augusta had been playing superbly. Comes to a course where he might not miss a fairway all week, and with his irons playing so good and his putter hot, 
Look out for Ty Hatton. I've got him coming in at 10.8. So Webb 11.2, Sungjae 11, Hatton 10.8, and then a, a another Englishman, Tommy Fleetwood coming off a pretty good week for all intents and purposes at Augusta. Uh, earned himself. Did he slide into the top ten here? I've looked at the leaderboard so many times, but he was not on my uh, he was not on my list, so I, I kind of just uh, was a little obligatory to him. I know he had a chance there at the top ten. Uh, no, looks like he uh, slid down the board. He came in two over, so tied for nineteenth. Still not a bad day for Fleetwood. Got him coming in at nine point eight k. And the last guy that I have sliding in, I'm sorry, I have Fleetwood at 10.2. And then I have Lou Eustace in 9.8K, who had a pretty decent week, but a couple of bad holes pushed him down the leaderboard. So, again, Webb 11.2, Sungjae 11, Ty Hatton 10.8, Fleetwood 10.2, and Lou Eustace at 9.8. So, okay, that is now going to officially do it for me in the first cut. I'm sorry, the opening T, excuse me, the opening T podcast. Of course, if you're looking for more information, that's where I was going with that note. Uh, check out my first cut article that is live and free now on the Osmo website. So go to osmo.com backslash PGA. Hit up the first cut article. There you'll find much more information on the course, the players, uh, and so much more. So check that out free in each and every week. So thanks, y'all, for joining here, the Opening Tee Podcast, the first podcast in the weekly golf series for Osmo.com. And be sure to check out the PGA DFS First Look Show with myself and Jeff Ulrich tomorrow afternoon. Well, I'm saying this tomorrow afternoon. It's probably uh, today, Monday at uh, 3 o'clock will be. If you're listening to this after Monday, I apologize. If you're listening to this Monday morning, it is today, 3 o'clock. So till then, everybody, thanks for joining the opening teapot, and we will see you on the other side. Cheers.